everyone. Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk some movies. Steve, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing okay. I just got back from a uh, weekend of Marvel gigs. Had a gig in West Virginia. Had a gig in Ohio. Had to drive to and from on both of them. They were just malls. Nothing fancy. They went decently enough. Um, Great. Not much to talk about. Kids were happy. Clients seemed happy. Being a weekend warrior. I was a weekend warrior. Um, and I got another one coming up this weekend, which is going to prevent me from seeing Infinity War at a decent time. Oh, sh- shit, Steve. You're going to miss the culmination of ten years of mediocrity. Sweet. I can't wait to see another mediocre Marvel movie. Steve, well, so long so long as it's not funny, because this, this one's supposed to be serious with a lot of people dying, so so long as there's no jokes, I think it'll be really good. Well, man. <laughs> oh, you know, but it's great, because you don't often see mediocrity come with, like, a $500 million price tag. <laughs> <laughs> Although I suppose you do. I think the more money you dump into something, usually, yeah, that ends up muddling and hurting the project more. Well, so long as the CG looks good, I'll be happy. Yeah, I'm already. Ooh, hmm. already. Let's do it's your prediction time because obviously this episode is drop after the movie comes out. I'm gonna bet that, given what I've heard from a mutual friend of ours, that I'm gonna leave the theater questioning where the money went. Yeah, it clearly wasn't in the special effects. It's uh, or Robert Downey Jr.'s fucking pocket. Or, or, or actually, I should take that back. I mean, I think Josh Brolin's Thanos looks pretty decent. But then there's a bunch of other stuff, apparently, that... Mm-mm. It's all going to be in Silver Surfer effects. Oh, yeah, Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock, baby. <laughs> He's showing up, right? They didn't forget that they teased him in Guardians 2, right? He's not going to show up. No. Um, all right, uh, this is before we're seeing the movie. This episode's coming out after we're seeing the movie. Who do you think is going to die... Who's going to live? What would be like the last stuff that we see in the movie? This is all uh, predictions. We know this nothing. Is, this is tough because I did see a web on TV on the on the 4chan board. So I, th- I so someone died that I, if I think they actually died, I'm like, wow, that's that's ballsy. Uh, but I don't want to say it because it's kind of spoilery for you. I don't want to like say something I found out and ruin it for you. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you actually found out, don't say it. This is okay, sh- other okay. shit. I can't confirm that one, so I'm going to keep that one aside. But I mean... My guess was, like, Chris Evans and, like, may- maybe Robert Downey sticks around to the next movie. But the problem is we know so much about the contracts for these things. And we know what's going on with them. Uh, but, I mean, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I'm going to guess he dies off, stri- off screen like, like a rock falls from the moon or something and hits <laughs> his car. Okay. Thanos uh, yeah. throws the moon at him. I mean, I don't, I don't think Audi is like sponsored in this film or anything. So maybe he's driving an Audi, and like the Audi gets crushed by a rock. Because mm. you don't want to show your car as being vulnerable to rocks from space. Yeah. Okay, so he's out of the picture. Um, I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Chris Evans. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say Robert Downey Jr. sticks around, and my wild card. Wild card is Mark Ruffalo. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm going to guess. Um, I'm going to guess everyone that has a sequel coming out soon, they're going to kill because it's going to be so safe to kill them because people know that they're going to be okay. So Star Lord's going to die. Ant Man's going to die. <laughs> oh my God, Ant Man! Oh, S- Spider Man's going to die. Well. 
Um, Ant-Man the Wasp takes place after Civil War. Okay. So technically that's a prequel to this movie. Um, Nick Fury's black, so he's dead. Isn't he dead already? He's kind of disappeared. Uh, he'll come back just to die. <laughs> uh, he'll just be like, hey guys, boom, dead. Thanos shoots him with a gun. I don't know why Thanos has a gun, but that's what happens. Um, I, everyone dies except for Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. is the only one left. Yeah. The one character that dies like almost immediately in the actual Infinity War comic. Yes, he's going to live because he's their moneymaker, so he's going to stick around. Um, which may be kind of smart because his vision in Age of Ultron was that all of his friends were dead, but he was alive. So mm. that could be a tie-in with that. Um, or they're going to do something really fucking stupid where everyone dies except the original Avenger, the first movie Avengers. Um, and then Captain Marvel shows up at the end. Oh, you think she's actually going to be in the movie? Uh, that's, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that and then there's going to be no explanation as to why she didn't show up during Avengers 1 or 2. Or Civil War. Or Thor Dark World. Or all these other really important things that she should have been around for. Do you think now... Because for some reason they want to set her movie during the fucking 90s, even though it raises way more fucking questions. Do you think they end the movie with the snap of the fingers? No. I I wish. If they do, I I will respect the hell out of that, but I do not believe that they will do it. No. It's gonna... The last shot of the movie is gonna be, like, on Captain Marvel. That's, that's I think last shot of the movie is just going to be Thanos just going through a portal, and then everyone's like, huh? And then the movie ends. Maybe the last shot will be Thanos fucking death. And here's, here's the oh, twist. Oh, that's the question. Is death actually in this movie? That's actually a good question. I hope so. Is anything resembling the Infinity War storyline actually, like, or sorry, the Infinity Gauntlet, everything, is any of that stuff even remotely in this film beyond the fact that Thanos needs to get these magical MacGuffins? Uh, nope. Cool. I bet Thanos beats up the Hulk. I bet. I bet Thanos uh, smack, smacks a bitch. It's a good prediction. Don't tell your mother that. She's <laughs> gonna be upset. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to seeing this movie, Bill. But like, I have to see it. Well, yeah. I mean, like I've said this. I think this says a couple, several years ago. It got to the point where these are obligation watches. Because if you don't see them, everyone's like, "Oh, you're shit on something you never saw." And then I'm like, well, at the same time, it's like, you know what? It's seven bucks. I mean, let's go check it out. Let's give it a shot. I, I was surprised by Doctor Strange. I thought that was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I had my issues with Guardians too, but I would say like, oh, oh you know, it's generally okay. I, I Guardians two was a downgrade from the first one, but I felt it was yeah. still a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's still a well-made film. Uh, Ragnarok, I hated. I uh, I didn't hate Ragnarok, but I dislike it more than look <laughs> it. Uh, Civil Civil War didn't care for that. Winter Soldier, nope. Winter Soldier. I, I think I've got to the point where I don't like dislike it as much as I did. But out of that, that we like we said that year it still was the worst movie I saw that year. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, no question. And it blows me away when people say that's the best MCU film. But then again, I haven't seen. I still haven't seen Ant Man or, or Spider Man Homecoming. So my my whole vision of Infinity War is tainted. I I probably I might not get who Tom Holland is. Well, he's not Spider-Man. That's Andrew Garfield. Oh, Who, who's this kid? I I don't know. This don't kid know. must be. Oh, he must be Miles Morales. Fucking whitewashing bullshit. Speaking of weird like changes, like I guess Ghost is going to be in Ant-Man: The Wasp, and they made Ghost female for the film because the filmmakers were like, "Well, 
the sex of the character doesn't matter for the character, so we're just going to do this. And it's like, okay. I mean, I, I get, you can. That's not that big of a deal. But yeah, that's not still bad. Like, still weird. Like, why? Why'd you do that? Yeah. But, <sighs> well, you should have a um, bug double feature and watch Ant-Man and then Spider-Man. Maybe. I, I may I'll do that. And then you can... Just just text me your live reaction to Homecoming, because my wife's live reaction to Homecoming was fucking amazing. She despised that movie. Despises! Yeah. She was, like, screaming at the TV. And I didn't hate Homecoming. I definitely rank it under, like, the amazing films and Raimi's first one. But it wasn't as good as everyone else said. But I, I had an okay time. Wife despised despised it and i don't know why she hated it so much but i loved it it tasted so sweet <laughs> yeah i mean i there's a you know i've heard, I've heard i've spent the last what year and a half when did that fucking movie come out i don't know two, two years ago 2002 i think a billion years ago <laughs> yeah it's been years of just everyone like blowing it so there's always it comes to that point where if you've heard that much for so long uh, very seldom does a film actually live up to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Very seldom do you sit down and go, you know what? People are right. That was really fucking great. Like Batman v Superman. Uh, Steve, that's not mm, that's not what people were saying. Yeah, people love that thing. And that was the case of we saw that movie like they came out. So yeah. we, we didn't we didn't have like a year and a half, two years of people saying it was the best film ever. Yeah. We we, we literally didn't have that after the fact either, but <laughs> before and after the fact, uh that film does doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of people championing it. I think it's going to come around though. I, if nothing else, I do truly believe that like ten years from now, people will still be talking about Batman v Superman, while no one will be talking about Civil War. So it's it's better to be infamous than famous. I honestly think so. Again, like it that's not a movie that works for everyone, and I understand that, and I understand that not everyone's going to be like us who love the film. But I'd rather a film be divisive and talked about than the film be okay. And a lot of the Marvel movies are just okay. Yeah. That's a fair assessment. I think it's... Yeah, that's why, that's why I said right from the beginning for the DC films from Warner Brothers. It's like they're they're going for their vision and stuff. The problem is, at the end, it's Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers, which, as we'll talk about today's film, <laughs> where Studio Medlin came in hardcore... And cost cost a great uh, final film for a trilogy, in many ways. But well, I'm I'm glad, Steve, that you will not have to not get to experience this film right off the bat, along with everyone else in the entire universe that are going <laughs> to see this film. So hopefully, uh, you know, you can go and still have a good time with it whenever you get to see it. Hopefully. So. Excellent. Uh, how are you, by the way? How am I? Okay, well. <laughs> let's see. Uh, doing fine, for the most part. Uh, Yakuza 6 came out, Steve. Uh, and uh, I got it, and I have not... I opened it to check out. I got the uh, uh, premium edition. It came with two sweet like like uh, drink glasses, like whiskey glasses and stones and coasters and art book and stuff, because I love the game series, so I want to support it. Uh, but I have not even put the game disc in yet, because, Steve... Even though uh, this game came out two years ago on the PlayStation Network, I never beat Yakuza 5. Well, you should fucking do that. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm finishing Yakuza 5, and then I think I'm going to finish Yakuza 0, and then I'm going to start playing Yakuza 6. Oh, okay. 
Because while I love these this game series, and I love a lot of the video games I buy, I am uh, just horrible at finishing my video games. <laughs> I, I even like Bravely Default for the 3DS. I put 40 hours in that game, and I never I never beat it. Yeah. I, just, I got I just put it down and start playing something else. It happens. It, it happens to everything. Like Detective Pikachu, I finished the first case. I think the game's great from why I like it, but I have not picked it back up. I own tons of fucking video games. I I like uh, Metal Gear Solid Survive or Metal Gear Survive or whatever. I played it, like about ten hours of that. Put that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just tons and tons of video games that I start play for a while, then get distracted by something else. But I'm every night. I've been sitting down probably two three hours. I'm playing you through Yakuza Five. I'm on the uh, part two of four in the game. So I'm progressing through it, having a great time. I'm really glad I'm going back to playing it because uh, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Like I almost, I started to cry almost at the end of like something that happens at the beginning of uh, the, at the end of the first part of the game where something happens like, <gasps> and there's things happening, character stuff. Because these games are very character driven and very plot driven. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about the like punching and kicking and stuff. It's really about people and going around these this areas in tokyo not necessarily tokyo uh, in japan you go back to kamurocho in tokyo but you know you're just doing all this stuff you're you know there's drama going off all these characters and people are doing stuff like oh no and then you're like under this alias of like a taxi driver and you're having to like race like this 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 like this old street like racing group that uh, the, the one of the members of that is the boss of your taxi company and you're like reuniting him of his old racing friends who are like your rivals because but he can't race anymore because he used to race but then like when he was driving with his wife and he was just driving his car normally some other street racer hit their car and ended up killing his wife and because of that like he thought that could have been him he could have done that to someone else's wife <laughs> and because of this he can't drive anymore and so, like, his biggest rival from back in the day once spent his, like, last 30 years racing, get, trying to beat him, and now he wants to beat him, but he can't. So you have to take his place in a race and, and all this stuff, Steve. Sounds pretty fucking heavy, man. It is heavy. Uh, the Yakuza series is incredible. I am so happy, so, so happy that we're actually getting games. Like, not shit. Like, I mean, it took, like, three years after Yakuza 5 to came out to get localized. And then it took forever for Yakuza 6 to get announced and localized and actually and actually get like actual, a physical copy because Yakuza 5 was, you know, download only. Mm-hmm. Not only that, they re- released Yakuza 0. They re- released uh, y- Yakuza Kiwami, which is the remake of the first game for PS4. Uh, and that's that they did not even that not only did that sell well enough, they're they're releasing the second one in August. It's just it's incredible because it went from Yakuza three coming out several several years ago, and when they localized it, they just chopped the shit out of the fucking game. No, of course they did. Because Western audiences won't get what hostess clubs are and stuff. <laughs> and while I played the game, and I that's why I had my introduction to the, to the series, I still love the story and everything. Like a lot of people didn't play the game because they knew about the cut content, but it wasn't so much that that stuff affected the game as more or less that you got glimpses of it and you wanted to do it but you couldn't right because for some reason sega was sega was weird about this franchise from like for three and four three they cut it up because they think western audiences wouldn't get it not realizing that the audience that buys these games in the west want them because of all the like the extra stuff right because of all the weird shit yeah all the weird stuff that's in the jap like the hostess clubs all these like very japanese things and so, but then when 4 came out, they released 4 and pushed it like a triple-A title. 
which that was never gonna. That's not that. But that's not what this game series is <laughs> in the West. It's not a trip. It's a very. It's a niche thing. Like there's a you know sizable and very devoted audience, but it's not like a GTA Five audience. Uh, clearly, you just don't understand game design, Bill. Clearly, so that game bombed because they just printed it to shit because they thought it was a AAA title. And so that's what led to five coming out, taking so long to come out. And then when it did come out, it was just dumped on the PlayStation network mm-hmm. and not even a retail release, which I mean, at a point, some people, more people got the game cause it was a free game for P- for PlayStation now one month. Yeah, I got that. I, I still have it downloaded on my PS3. So, and obviously since then, like, I mean, they've done a, just, I mean, the last like two years have been huge for the Yakuza franchise. It's been such a resurgence in, in, in North America, which has just been, just been awesome. I buy all the games. I still support the franchise. Even if I don't necessarily get to them right away, I still support the franchise because it means a lot to me. That It just means a lot to me in general, like more localization of stuff. Like when that's too... Like I didn't necessarily care a ton about Dead or Alive Extreme 3, mm-hmm. but I, I cared a lot for what it, the message it sent about making more Japanese games with English subtitles available so that way we didn't have to necessarily rely on localization and censorship because there's still a lot of games that come over that do get censored. Yeah. For, like, the weirdest reasons. And the weirdest things get censored in them. Right. And I, I, I'm i with a lot of people where it's like, I want to play what the was originally intended. Shocker. <laughs> That's dumb. You're going to play this American version. Yeah, I mean, it's pe- all these same people complain about, like, Dragon Ball and all this, like, anime that was aired on television in the 90s and stuff that we grew up on. They complain about, like, that always being edited and all this weird shit happening, but then they'll gladly just buy all these games. It's like, well, it's the mm-hmm. same type of thing that's going on. Right. That's like, I would think more people would want the authentic experience. Nah, I want all the rice balls to be called donuts. Oh, and, uh, um, Sailor Moon to be Bunhead. Yes. I'm sorry, Meatball Head. Meatball not Head. Bun, not, not Bunhead, because, yeah, that was the difference. I don't know. It's weird. So, yeah, uh, Yakuza 6, I mean, I'm hearing great things about it. Plus, you can unlock, like, a lot of the New Japan wrestlers to be gang members in the game and stuff. So, that's a real cool feature and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So, if it's if it's interesting to you, check it out. I mean, I would uh, strongly recommend watching... If, you, if Yakuza 6 is the first game anyone's playing, I would strongly recommend going on YouTube and watching, like, some Let's Play... Or, like, there's tons of great compilations out there that kind of summarize the story of each of the games. Because there's a lot of plot-heavy stuff in these games. Mm-hmm. So I think I mean, while necessary, like the central story of some of the games isn't necessarily important. It's like a lot of knowing about characters, knowing what happens to characters, makes things mean a lot more in the game. Nah, I'm just gonna punch stuff and have a chicken manage my bowling alley. I'm just gonna punch stuff and play pachinko. That's I mean, that, what else is there in that fucking game? Who cares Give about me the story? Jack. Give me black chicken. God damn. So that's been mostly what's going on that, and just all the fucking wrestling I need to catch up on. Uh, I mean, the, oh, yeah, there's the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble this Friday. I will watch that Sunday evening. So I don't. How do I know if I want to watch it? I, if I hear some interesting matches or something, I will. But I don't want to support that thing. That's fine. I'm going it's, to support it a lot. It's garbage to me. And everyone, it's quite great. We, it's funny. I was when I was editing the podcast. We we're kind of talking about like, yeah, women get to be women get to sit with the men. Then then I find out it's like, yeah. If men want to have good seats to the show, they have to buy family tickets and bring a bring their wife or a woman with them to make it look like they're being like progressive. Yeah, all the single men are up in the nosebleeds. Yeah, and, and of course everyone's like, "Yeah, but they've run house shows there before." I'm like, "Yes, this time though, it is state sponsored and a ten year deal with the WWE." Yeah, ten years, and all this Jesus. other stuff, and 
it, it's a lot different than just running a house show that's not really publicized. This is a big network event, and it is obviously going to draw a lot of attention to the fact that they are just doing it for the money. It's the second night of WrestleMania. That's how fucking stacked this card is. Yeah. It's insane. Because the, the Saudi Arabian state is paying for it. Well, you know what? I'm Bill, it's totally okay for you to not support it. I get that. I respect that. I'm going to support it because it's about time some country finally knows that where women fucking belong. Ah, the Luthez theory. <laughs> <laughs> women aren't a draw. They're a gimmick. Some old time, old timer thought thoughts right there. Old timey horse shit. I almost said like, why didn't they do like all women show in the U.S. somewhere? That would have been awesome, probably because then there'd be focus on the fact that women aren't allowed here. Yeah, I can't have that. No, which is funny because that's all that's happening right now. It's that's all the attention that's coming from it. Yeah, and WWE just has to do the thing of like, well, you know, it's their culture, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we're allowed yeah. to say that their culture is bullshit. Yeah, you're allowed to like to say now nah, the money's okay. Like, like they're they're doing all this stuff celebrating Bruno San Martino, a man that turned down con- count countless job offers, movies, all this stuff if it, if he didn't agree with it. Yeah, jo- the, the man was like had his loyalty and his honor to like such a like like we say legend to a legendary degree. Like oh. didn't like didn't want to put up with Vince's all the time. Vince he could have made all his money with Vince, but he didn't like the fact like what the product was like during the eight you nineties know, with the steroid use and everything. He mm-hmm. didn't didn't care for any of that. Even when like uh, WWF in the in the eighties nineties had this kind of thing working deal with New Japan. Uh, Bruno, especially remember the eighties like when Bruno was more the company still. Bruno still did suffer Giant Baba in all Japan because he had a loyalty to Giant Baba. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this. The, yeah, that's one thing, I guess, that has happened since last week was Bruno San Martino's passing. Yes, unfortunately. And uh, you want to, it's like, ever since then, like, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm glad that everyone is talking about him and understanding how much of an amazing person he was. I was lucky enough to run into him a couple of times because he lived in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I was able to run into him a couple of times, like, at a couple of restaurants and what have you. And it was really cool. And he was a very kind, kind, humble man. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely right. Like, there's been a uh, film offers again. Like, you want to talk about just him and that type of stuff. Like, uh, humble for sure. There's been film offers for years to make basically make a film about his life, and he was always like, "If it's got to be the truth, or I won't, or I don't want to have any part of it." He turned down a role on Sopranos because the Sopranos had swears. Yep. <laughs> like, there's tons of that stuff where he turned down, you know, money all the time. Like any like rest, like just tons of wrestlers that would just like left for that stuff. But it's for him. It's like no. So if, it did, if it didn't match like his moral compass or what he felt was right or honorable, all that stuff, he wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And he was very outspoken about you know, the, uh, Vince McMahon and WWF in the 90s, all the steroid and drugs and everything. And he wanted just nothing to do with any of it. That's what led to like their big beef for you know, 30 years. I should have got him to be Santa Claus in a Meowie Christmas. That movie was yeah. awesome. That's what he should have done. It's a fine Italian picture. <laughs> Uh, so that's that stuff. Um, some minor ma- movie news, real quick, before we get into this movie. Uh, this isn't surprising, uh, but Ash vs. Evil Dead has been canceled. Yeah. And thus, uh, Bruce Campbell will be retiring, playing Ash Campbell. Ash, uh, Ash Campbell. <laughs> Ash Williams. Ash Williams. Yep. Um, I'm curious if that also means voice acting, or if he just means like strictly on screen. I don't know. 
I also wonder if that. I mean, I don't know. I think Bruce would stick to his guns, but Bruce is also someone that fully admits he likes money. Yeah. So if maybe the right offer came along. He might go for it. Uh, Bruce, I have one billion dollars. We're making Freddy versus Jason versus Ash finally. Yeah, which is you know what's really sad about this is like I've actually really, really, really enjoyed season three. Yeah. First, first maybe two, three episodes were a little like okay, this is this uh, it's 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 kind of down with maybe some of like the most okay episodes from season two. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wasn't super digging it, but got but a, there was a gear shift after a few episodes into season three where I was like, okay, I'm down for this, and it's been very good. Um, and I have a few episodes less than this left in the season, so we'll see how they stick the landing. Uh, but it's just like it sucks that even though there's kind of a dip near the end of season two because obviously there were some last minute rewrites for the finale. Mm-hmm. I mean, season three is probably going to end up being like my probably as a whole my favorite season of the show, and it sucks that it can't get any more after this. Right. Well, at least it's going on on a good note. Yeah, if, I mean that's for sure. I mean, hell, I would have been fine with the season, the first season being the only season. Right. That first season was so fucking good. It really was. Um. Yeah, like I'm bummed that it's ending. But I've been saying since I was a little tiny Steve Jr. that I wanted I wanted Bruce in one more Evil Dead movie. I wanted Bruce, I wanted Ash in one more Evil Dead movie. Just fucking one more. And I essentially got multiple Evil Dead movies via three seasons of this TV show. And you also got more Lu- Lucy Lawless. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which, man, oof. Um, Thank you. But like... I never knew that this would happen. This is something I never thought would exist. So I'm bummed that it's getting canceled a little sooner than they were planning on it getting canceled. But I can't be disappointed because I got something that shouldn't have existed. Multiple seasons of something that really shouldn't have existed. I got a bunch more Ash. I got a bunch more Deadites. I got a bunch more of this fucking universe. The only thing that I'm going to hope is that season three ends on a definitive ending. And not, yeah, and not a to be continued. Even if it's an ending like season two, I'd be happy, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's mostly definitive with like a couple maybes. I'd still be okay with that. I just don't want. I don't want it to end like season one did. I thought season one ended a, as a, at a funny enough point where you would where you would have been. Fi- I, I was totally fine with there not being another season if that was the ending of mm-hmm. it, because it still felt super Evil Dead. I mean that's true, but I don't know. It's I always felt like Evil Dead 1 and 2 ended on that because they were directly leading into sequels. And Army of Darkness, since it at the time was going to be the last one, needed that definitive ending. Which is why, to this day, I still prefer the theatrical ending over the director's cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's just one of those things. I don't mind to be continued or shit's going down. Who knows? Endings until we're not getting any more. Then I want an ending. That's why I hate Phantasm Five so much. I'm, I'm glad the movie exists. I'm glad I got more Angus. I'm glad I got more Reggie. But the fact that 5 was is the last movie and it ends exactly the same as the other four movies just makes me go, what the fuck's the point now? <laughs> I suppose that's fair. I still, I still need to own that. But I keep on holding off because I'm trying to get like the full Blu-ray set of all the movies. I keep my fingers crossed for you, buddy, that you're going to be able to pull that off. I'm just going to fucking steal them from somewhere. <laughs> Go to a friend's house like, oh, <laughs> hey, can I, can I borrow these? Can I borrow these? Hey, Bill, I'm coming to visit you in September. Can I just borrow those real quick? 
I mean, good luck finding them. They're, on my, they're underneath like a billion other movies on my coffee table. Just j- dive right in there like Scrooge McDuck and go look for it. <laughs> uh, speaking of buying stuff, uh, I've been chronic. I'm gonna kind of chron- chronicle my adventure currently. I am uh, talking a couple weeks back about the Dragon Box uh, DVDs that Funimation put out. The you know four three probably the best presentation the North America is ever gonna get for Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I have, I'm currently three out of seven of the box sets. Nice. I got one from my local store after giving them some pops in one and ten bucks. Got volume one. Uh, Goodwill has an auction site. I managed to score volumes five and seven, both for $60 each, which is $10 less than the original MSRP on the product. So I, I'm doing solid so far. So I, I'm going to keep... I'm gonna keep you know, playing the the slow game, haunting eBay, checking stuff, and see if I can keep getting stuff at a decent price. I'm never gonna pay the average of what these go for. No, they aren't worth it. Because that that is not at all. I mean, it's worth it to some people, not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. But if I can catch, if I can keep trying to sneak in there and catch some of these season, I'm sorry, I guess just your box sets, volume box sets, because they're not really cut by seasons. Uh, for like around sixty bucks, like around what the original MSRP is, I'm good. For, I'm good with that. So I will I will take as long as I need to to get this set figured out. Yeah, I mean that sounds it's a fun totally adventure. Fair. Currently for that. Uh, other movie news. Let's see here. Uh, so the Goosebumps sequel is now not going to be what Horrorland. Now it's called Haunted Halloween. What? Uh, which is going to be coming out this October. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's not. It's good. Yeah, there. There's some. Yeah, name changes there. I wonder why. That's weird. Uh, and it's not gonna have Jack Black anymore. What? I'm double checking. Yeah, because the original is Horrorland, so they've changed over to this. Apparently, it was also it was changed to at one point to Slappy Halloween, but that got dumped too. So now the official title, like I said, is Haunted Halloween. Yeah, and I'm I'm not seeing Jack Black's name mentioned anymore with the, for the film. Wow, Goosebumps two. Are you afraid of the night? Yeah, well, there's a trailer out. There's a small, like super simple teasy teaser trailer. Slappy and the voice of the puppet is no longer Jack Black. So yeah. a lot of people think Jack Black is out of the film. If the voice of the puppet isn't Jack Black, then there's no Jack Black. So, I guess uh, my question is that is this still about R.L. Stein? Well, the fictional version of R.L. Stein, and he's just recasted. Or is shit going to get weird, or it's going to be totally different? Well, we'll find out when we get the trailer at some point. Film comes out October 12th. Yeah, whatever. I like the first one enough. Uh, and also coming out in October, you know, Hot Shocker Steve, horror movies come out in October. Uh, the Halloween Reem sequel thing is also <laughs> for October. Oh, man, that is a movie I don't give a shit about. I, I, I'm actually, it's actually in the point park of, I'm actually curious. Yeah. I'm way more interested in seeing this than I have been for, like, any Halloween film during my adult life, mm-hmm. or my life in general, of Halloween films that have been released theatrically, because there hasn't been many, many, many for us. Halloween 6 uh, was the peak. Uh, I saw, it's, yeah, I saw H2O in theaters. That was the last Halloween film I saw in theaters. Oh, you didn't see Resurrection in theaters? You missed that, bro. <laughs> No, I was that was a rental, and then I was I was I was happy with that. That was fine. That was fine after my rental purchase idea. Trick or treat, motherfucker! <laughs> Jump kick. Jump kick. Uh, so yeah, I mean the teaser poster for that that, that Michael Myers mask looks good. It looks like a Michael Myers mask. I mean, 
for what they're going for is making this a sequel to Halloween. Uh, it has the right touches. I'm not glad it's not like a pristine, clean mask. It looks like a mask that is 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's cool for a teaser, teaser, you know, poster thing. Is Sherry Moon Zombie going to be in the movie? Uh, thankfully not. Well, then why even bother? Although I'm going to miss her ass. Yeah, miss her ass being in the movie. For those, for those of you who have never really noticed, watch any Rob Zombie movie. Of course, Sherry Moon Zombie's in it, and you'll see her ass a lot everywhere. Man likes to shoot his wife's ass. You know what? Good for him. Speaking of ass. That is a man that is proud. <laughs> Speaking of ass, uh, the Venom trailer dropped. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it looks fine. I, it look, yeah, I think it looks fine. I think it potentially will be good. Because it looks like it can be weird and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that it is. It could be another fucking generic superhero movie. I don't know. Um... But based on the tone of the trailer, I think that it could be a weird, different movie. And that's what I am I look for these days with comic book movies. After mm-hmm. ten years of the same fucking shit over and over and over again. Yeah, and uh, Venom's got some cool teeth and long tongue. He says, we are Venom. I dig the idea of, you know, Eddie hearing a fucking demon voice in his head telling him to kill people. I like yeah. that, and the fact that Spider-Man isn't connected to the origin, I think is interesting, because that means that Venom's will get more questions as to, like, his motivations and how that works, instead of the entire basis of the character originating from must-kill Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, because, I mean, obviously in the main comics, Spidey wearing the suit first is important, but I don't think in every universe Venom has to be related to Spider-Man in terms of its own origin. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it. I think it could be really cool. It could it could not be. <laughs> it it'd be good because it won't be leashed to anything else. That's what I mean too. Yeah, it's going to be so able to do its, its kinda, own it's fucking kind of, thing. It's kind of spawny in that regard. Yes. So uh, I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see where it goes. And I like Tom Hardy. So one of the writers from Amazing Spider-Man Two is writing Venom. So that makes me a little bit more optimistic because I like that movie. I think Tom Hardy's a good choice, and he's and and he's a bit out of his comfort zone in this. It seems like, so I think that's cool. Um, we might get other symbiote cameos, which I think is pretty fucking sick. That'd be sick. I mean, every considering pre- how big that entire like family of characters in Spider-Man universe are, and they've never really been on screen before. Yeah, I would have never thought that I would see Shriek. Is that the yellow symbiote's name? Yes. Yes. Or is that Scream? No. Sc- is it Shriek? Uh, I forget if Shriek is like that white chick that shoots Sonics. I think that's Shriek. That was for Maximum Carnage and stuff. Yeah. Never mind. Regardless, I would never thought that I would see any of those other symbiotes on screen. And there's a possibility that we'll see them. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm into it. The trailer isn't amazing like some people are making it out to be, but everyone that's saying it looks like shit I think are also equally wrong. Especially like got... <laughs> the people that are saying, like, the CG looks bad. A, this movie isn't due out for, like, six months. And after Black Panther, who the fuck cares when it comes to CG? Clearly not the studios. Nope. And, <laughs> and again, Infinity War from what we're hearing. Yeah. Um, and, like, uh, so other people are like, Venom looks cartoony. And, like, to me, that's the same people saying, oh, I don't know about that Captain Marvel costume. He looks like he's from the comic book. What the fuck? Oh, no! Yeah! What the fuck did you want? Wow! Comic book in my comic book movie? Fuck, this is for adults. Uh, yeah, Venom looks like Venom. He looks fine. 
It kind of, I see a white thing going up his shoulder, so he may have the white spider. He may not. I don't fucking know. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and people are saying, uh, why would he have a white spider if Spidey didn't wear the suit first? To which I respond, uh, Spider-Woman had a white spider in her chest before Spider-Man did. And the only reason why Spider-Man had a white spider in his chest when he put on a black suit is because he thought Spider-Woman's suit looked cool. And that's the only reason. Mm-hmm. So it is... If Spider-Woman could invent that logo in her brain, then I'm okay with Eddie and the suit inventing that logo in their brain. Yep. Because who cares? It's a fucking comic book movie. No, Steve. Comic book movies are serious business. Unless they're, why, unless they're MCU. And that's why they're so funny. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, with that, with that, with speaking of serious business, speaking of funny and the lack thereof, let's get into this week's film. We're at the, we're at the end, Steve. We're at the end of our month look back at Brendan Fraser and his ups, his beginnings, his ups, his, and now we're kind of in his downs and his sloping period where things just, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's other films that are, I guess might be more a bit indicative of his kind of decrease in fame. Uh, but I think this film is a perfect representation of that. Mm-hmm. Of just, uh, charismatic great guy being dumped into something where it's just uh not working out and that's why we're today we're discussing looney tunes back in action 2003 pg one hour 31 minutes directed by joe dante which i'm gonna talk about that here in a second after this <laughs> the looney tunes search for a man's missing father in the mythical blue monkey diamond that's it yep hey you know what i respect that <laughs> That's, I mean, I, we've gotten synopsis for that. That synopsis is actually what happens in the film. Yep. And it's short. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. As far as IMDb synopses go. Joe Dante, Steve. So, uh, watching this film. I just want to get this off my chest here. So, watching this film, I'm sitting here like, oh, there's Dick Miller. Oh, there's Robert Picardo. Oh, there's Ron Perlman. Oh, there's uh, Dan and Don um, Hartman or whatever, the two twin guys from Gremlins 2. Did Joe Dante direct <laughs> And then credits roll, directed by Joe Dante. Aha! I knew it. I, I mean, I could tell. I could tell when they got to the mother base, and there's Robbie the robot. Instantly, I'm like, yep, I'm really getting the feeling this is a Joe Dante-directed movie. Not only that, there's the aliens from This Island Earth. There's, like, yeah, the, the mutants. brain thing from one of the film. Um, Jesus Christ. There, oh, yeah, and, like, the monster, or Go-Go, I think is the one, the name of the, the film that that monster saw, the one that had, like, the gorilla suit with, like, the orb thing on its for its head. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And just tons of stuff. Like, yeah, this is, these are all the calling cards of Joe Dante, a director I adore. Yes. Uh, is which case, one of those cases where, like, how could, how could Joe Dante make this movie? <laughs> which, I guess, is telling what I thought about the film. But then you read later that, uh... As I alluded to earlier, uh, lots of studio interference and lots of him trying to explain to people things like why it's not funny that Bugs Bunny would be doing hip hop. Yeah. On top of like, I mean, this film developmentally wise was just a, a roller coaster. Yes, it was a total fucking nightmare. Went from being Space Jam 2, and like so much so. To like, Spy like, Jam, to a fucking. Back up even before that. Space Jam 2. Where Michael Jordan didn't want to do it, but one of the producers kept tell, told everyone that he what he did want to do it. That way, that he keep development going. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's amazing. And to the point, and then that found out. Yeah, then there was Spy Jam, starring Jackie Chan. Uh, it's just 
went all over the place. I mean, this film was the also the final film in Warner Brothers feature animation studio, the department, the pe- people that brought us, you know, Quest for Camelot, The Iron Giant, you know, the original Space Jam, Osmosis Jones. Yeah. There's all five films. I named all five of them. Perfect. We got them. You know, it's funny. Even look at this list as a quick, like, sidetrack. I feel like I remember Osmosis Jones being a pretty popular film. It definitely was. $70 million budget, Steve, only made $14 million. What? That can't be right. That can't be right. Steve, the only film that Warner Brothers feature animation ever made that was profitable was Space Jam. That was the first film they made. That's, that's Space Jam. That's sad to me. $80 million, made $230 million. Great success. Quest for Camelot. $40 million, made $38 million. Okay, not good, but... The Iron Giant. Classic. Definitely a big box office hit. Roughly $75 million, made $31 million. <sighs> and Osmosis Jones and Lynch is back in action. Spoiler, guys, didn't do too well. $80 million budget, made $68 million. Well, I made more money than the Iron Giant, so you know it's at least better than the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant is one of those cases, especially when you look, it's also hilarious if you look at the the Rotten Tomatoes scores for these films, just as like an aggregator of like what general thoughts. It's like 37, 36. Iron Giant got a 96, (laughs) then it's down down to 55 and 57. It's like they made one film that is beloved and just stands the test of time, and it was just a commercial disaster. Speaking yeah, of it makes me this, sad that Osmosis Jones wasn't better in theaters. It's most cases where it's like, I just felt like that film, like, it was shown all the... I guess, maybe it's because in our bubble, like, I remember being shown at school all the time. Like, I don't want to do stuff today in, like, a science class. Okay, we're watching Osmosis Jones. Maybe Osmosis Jones was one of those movies that picked up on home video. Because I, I definitely feel like it was more popular than $14 million at the box office. Well, and it had a TV show, too. Yeah, but that's yeah, it's one of those fascinating things. Man, Hollywood is fucking weird, and I don't get it. Sometimes. Well, speaking of, like, I don't get it. Like, I got, I got, man, my head is spinning because I, I had never seen this film. I'd seen like clips and pieces when it aired on like Cartoon Network, but this is my first time actually watching the movie. And you're watching it, and it's like, ah, they're making fun of the studio system. But then you find out about making the film that the stuff they're making fun of was just happening to the fucking movie. Yeah. It was clearly uh, venting, I think, at certain points. I guess, like, I am just out of, um, but boggles my mind because then you, like, it's funny because when it comes to a lot of directors with their movies, you can usually find some interview somewhere where they're talking about the movie, either in which they liked it or hated it. Steve, I, I spent a good amount of time trying to find Joe Dante's thoughts on this film, and all you can really find is like a small blurb bit from the Wikipedia where he just talked about it being the longest year of his life. <laughs> Because I can watch this film, and I'm like, there are moments where I'm like, ah, this could have been something great. Because mm-hmm. I love Joe Dante, and I think Joe Dante has the perfect attitude and passion to make a really good Looney Tunes film. Agreed. And I can see I can see glimpses peeking through the cracks of this film, and then it's just the cracks of like a shit vase. A vase <laughs> made of cow shit, this like, some of the studio concocted, and of what they thought was the right idea and what to go with. Right. There was also like a race jam movie that was gonna star Jeff Jeff Gordon. Oh, I thought it was gonna be about Race Wars. <laughs> race Wars <laughs> 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 
mainframe entertainment missed have missed the mark on that. Race Jam, starring Daffy Duck and Donald Duck. <laughs> Who is superior? How is that? Well, we found that out in, in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they just both killed each other. Yes. It says a lot about that movie and race relations. <laughs> Truly ahead of its time. It was ahead of its time. Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff from Roger Rabbit. I don't know. Steve, you'd seen this film before I me. Mean, what, what did you think about Looney Tunes back in action? Uh, when I was younger, I loved this movie, and I loved this movie because I'm a huge Daffy Duck mark. Mm-hmm. I love Daffy, and I fucking hate bugs. Well, Steve, you're just a man that lives in a basement. You're a basement-dwelling nerd. That's me. According to this film. Um, But, so, I just... I was so hopped up on the fact that Daffy... <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, Sorry. on this being about Daffy telling Bugs to fuck off, and I just appreciated that. I had yeah, not I seen the it. film since 2003, or 2004, like, whenever it was, like, on home video for the first time. Um, I never owned it, but I, I loved it a lot, and rewatching it, it definitely has not aged as well as it did in my brain. Um, I'm seeing those cracks that you keep on mentioning, but I'm gonna be honest and say that I think I see a little bit more of the shine than you do, because by the end of the film, I did still enjoy the movie. It still made me laugh a lot. I think that the plot is stupid as fuck, even compared to Space Jam. Um, but I like the way that it's basically a fucking greatest hits of all these fucking Looney Tune characters. That we haven't seen in fucking years at this point. Um, I like a lot of the jokes. I think that there's... I think Joe Dante's humor still comes through in a lot of the film. And Joe Dante is also a director that works for me a lot. Uh, I think Brendan Fraser is great in the movie. Uh, the I mean, the only two actors that I don't like in the movie is um, Steve Martin and Jenna Elfman. Yeah, let's take a, let's, let's pull off to the side of the road real quick here, and let's talk about Steve Martin. Oh, and I, and I love that Timothy Dalton is a super spy. Uh, yeah, actually, I, my, my biggest plus in this film, I, I really love the fact that Timothy Dalton is basically playing James Bond. Yep. If Timothy Dalton did not get dumped over because they could get Pierce Brosnan. Yes. <laughs> I, I really laughed at that. And I like, At the beginning, I thought it was a simple joke, then it actually kept became like an actual major part of the film. I was like, hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Because <laughs> Timothy Dalton's my favorite Bond, for those who don't know. Oh, I didn't realize he was uh, your favorite favorite. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of License to Kill and um, Living Daylights. Oh, cool. I'm glad this movie had something for you to pop over. <laughs> yeah. Because he murdered a man with a grenade in this kid's film. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, we're pulling off to the side here. Yeah, put the car in park for a second here. Steve Steve Martin in this movie is just bad. When he showed up, and I'm talking about when I watched it last night, uh, when he showed up, in my brain, I immediately went, oh, I forgot Steve Martin was in this movie. How did I forget that Steve fucking Martin was in this movie? And within ten minutes, I'm like, because I blocked Steve Martin from my memory of this movie. I cringe just out of embarrassment. Every time his character shows up in this movie. Yeah. 
And I can't figure it out. I don't know if he is intentionally being shit. <laughs> and just knowing he can get away with it. Because he, he really does not care for this film. Mm-hmm. Or Which I wouldn't like, put past him. I wouldn't either. Because he's such a subversive fuck. Yeah. That, that I think... I, that's why I have to... I have to hope that's the case here. Because this is terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. It's just like, what the fuck is this? This is Steve Martin. A comedic legend a genius a genius just like his body is convulsing losing its mind i don't understand his enunciation oh his voice is so fucking weird the fucking hair the glasses the costuming it did nothing is working like what is this i it's just it's embarrassing i fucking want my fucking acme fucking missile that's that should have been a line do you have do you have your your receipt no. Well, I guess you're fucked. <laughs> well, Perlman. well, well, Rob Perlman. Buzzes in. <laughs> says, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> People who listen to a lot of Ron Perlman interviews, there's a way he says fuck that gets me every time. It makes me laugh. He might or, be my uh, favorite person that says the word fuck. Or specifically, he says motherfucker. So he's like, hey, motherfucker. Like, he was like, like an A on it, that act. Like, oh, oh, gets me every time I laugh. It's always funny. And he's in this film for like two seconds. And... Two seconds. The Department Same of Never Robert... Same thing of Robert Picardo. He's in there for a little bit. Like, I can see, I'm just looking all around, like, oh, there's a character actor, there's a character actor, there's a reference that I. There's... I go back to Joe Dante. It's just like, how? Oh. Like, I get to see Dick Miller being in a movie. Great. Yeah, Thank you. yeah Dick Miller should. I was like, yeah, he got some money. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, Joe Dante is one of those few directors that, unlike, uh, you know, we haven't bashed on Quentin Tarantino. Fucking Tarantino! That, you know, Joe Dante, unlike Tarantino, has these great classical actors that he loves and will actually put them in his movies, even if they're bit parts. Yeah. He actually gives them paychecks and jobs. And they're, they're, Instead they're, of talking about how much he loves them and then never hiring them. Exactly. There's always the same cast of crew. It's like, when you see people, it's like, oh. I know exactly who made this movie. Hell, even Roger Corman was directing a Batman movie in this movie. Yeah. That was tremendous. Pretty good. <laughs> like, I can't imagine a world when ever Roger Corman <laughs> directed a Batman movie. <laughs> that was actually called Batman and actually made by Wonder Brothers. Yes. Uh, sorry, I had to distract myself from Steve Martin. Just. Well, too bad, because he's in a lot of this movie. He's in a considerable amount. And he's, it's funny, like, even when I started watching this, like, I remembered that he was in this film. And I, 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 he, the, the particular scenes I would catch on Cartoon Network and stuff, I'd see him and just feel sad. <laughs> just general sadness. Why am I so watching. sad right now? Like, like, the same thing with those fucking two Pink Panther movies. Yeah. And those are even more dignified than this. Oh, yeah, they are. But- and that had a scene where he was in, like, a recording booth and thought he was being coy and just farted really loud. God, I wanted to walk out of the theater when that happens. I was like, what is this? Um, comedic genius, Bill. And Jen Elfman, I don't... Literally nothing. Does nothing for me in the entire movie. I just, I don't know if it's necessarily the character, if it's her. I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, there's not much to the character, but I still feel like another actress could have pulled a little bit more out of that role than she did. You could have brought, um, let's see, let's think about who we could have brought back. Rachel Weisz, fuck it. Yeah, she, um, 
Lola Bunny, or are you, are you thinking of Lola Bunny, the actress? No, sorry. Uh, they should have brought back Alicia Silverstone. Oh, yeah. She would have been better. Cause, yeah, because at least her and Brendan Fraser have chemistry. Yeah. Like, that, that's the main... That's, I, I know it's, this you is know what? It could have been Polly Shore for all I fucking care. Oh, man. Polly Shore just like a buddy movie? Like, they didn't have to have a, a big romance plot or something? No, fuck a romance plot. Polly Shore. What if Polly Shore... Oh, shit. Steve, 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 Steve. Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser can be in this film playing these characters, and then they run into... Polly Shore and Brennan Fraser making, like, an Encino Man sequel or something. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, this, like, I do, I do really appreciate the Brennan Fraser joke in this film. Oh, my God. Him with the fucking dog and the fucking jacket and glasses. Amazing. Yeah. He said he could do his own stunts. <laughs> Does he even reference the mummy stuff? So I, this I is, this that. is the stunt guy he was talking about in the commentary. <laughs> exactly. There he is, right there. Because uh, yeah, we shifted over to some positives. I, I laughed a lot at the lethal weapon babies. Yes. I mean, like, I'm gonna be honest. There's a lot of good jokes in this fucking movie. I think for me, the problem is there's like huge like deserts where nothing is happening, and like, that's fair. Pacing just kills any of the good jokes that show up. Like at the beginning of the film, there were a considerable amount of good jokes. I like the whole like. Uh, Matthew Matthew Lillard sitting there with Shaggy and Scooby, and Shaggy's like, "Man, what is that voice you gave?" Me? <laughs> yeah, and then like threatening to kill him if he screws up. Threatening to murder him. <laughs> uh, I like Speedy Gonzalez complaining about the political correctness losing, making him lose his job. Yeah. Um, I like seeing the red nose Wiley in the background of that scene. I always forget that character's name, but it's a character that I feel like people forget exists. Which one is that? Sorry. Uh, it's the one that it was the it's the character model that looks exactly like Wiley e. Coyote, except he can speak and he tries to catch sheep. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Um, and again, it's just that's not even a gag. That's not a joke. I just was glad he was there. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of great background uh, jokes throughout the film. The fucking mad scientist things. guy was there. Like, holy shit. They, yeah, the one that was uh, modeled after Peter Peter Lorre. Yeah, like they pulled a lot of fucking shit out of the uh, Warner Brothers vault in terms of like characters, and I thought that was well, cool. yeah, because that and I, that's clearly like the love and passion of Joe Dante yeah. shining through in this. Film. Yeah, for like, sure. This is stuff that's going to mean a lot to him and, and what he wants to put in there. I thought the casino but, sequence was fun. It was decent. Uh, I, I appreciate. I, yeah, I'm always down to see you know fine ass Heather Locklear. Oh hell yeah doing stuff but even then she's only like there's less of moments where like these people are in these film for like three minutes mm -hmm. and they don't really do much um i mean i'm i'm a fan of the casino i'm a fan of the vegas sequence i'm not a fan of the whole desert shit yeah it didn't do much for me area 52 worked for me but i can see why that wouldn't work for other people it was just overly long and i just overly long was, is fair and joanne cusack was just there to be there I, again it's the same thing kind of Heather Locklear's character where it's just like yeah three minutes and they're gone like yeah why can't these better actresses be in the movie longer and it's like they're not it's like Joan Cusack wasn't even funny like Joan Cusack's a really funny actress and she just has nothing to do in this movie yeah this was a Dalek it, uh long before we ever thought we'd see Daleks on screen again so that was kind of cool at the time uh yeah at the time we we're only a few years away from the 2005 Doctor Who series coming back I mean and this is all just going to keep factoring into Joe Dante. Like, everything here is Joe Dante. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest part of the film that doesn't work for me is the whole fucking Mona Lisa 
shit, and then mm-hmm. the jungle. Once we get out of the jungle, the movie gets back on the rails, in my opinion. Because I like yeah. I like all the Acme headquarters stuff, I like all the space stuff, all of that works for me. But yeah. everything between the casino and that doesn't. It really falls yeah. flat in terms of like pacing and what's happening and amount of jokes too. Because like you're right, the, it's definitely a desert. There's a lot of great jokes, but there are deserts, literally, um, mm-hmm. where there's no jokes. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm laughing at some of the references in Erica too, but after that, when they go to France, that's a dead zone. When they're going through Africa, that's a dead zone. When they get back to, like, the Acme Corporation building, I'm like, hey, there's some stuff, because then obviously we're getting into, like, Duck Dodgers. Oh, uh, I fuck it. Uh, I still, I was like a little kid when he became Duck Dodgers. I'm not going to lie. I was a little kid that lit up. I was just happy. I was excited, because I love Duck Dodgers. I agree. I also love the Duck Dodgers TV series. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I think my favorite bit there, it's like, grab the rocket pack, blows up. <laughs> Grabs another one, blows up. Grabs another one, it blows up. The one that's just sitting there, blows up. It's like, oh. Classic. These are, these, there's tons of, like I tell you, those little shining nuggets of really classic Looney Tunes jokes. Marvin, can you roll down your window in space? <laughs> Can't believe you don't. <laughs> I wish we had more of that. Yeah, but the movie's just so meandering. It is. In so many places. And they also killed Ron Perlman. No, he was alive. He was just a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, I think he was a deadite. <laughs> he was a deadite, yeah. Uh... Why, why, did, why did Bill Goldberg become a Tasmanian devil? I don't know. That was weird. That explains why he was undefeated. <laughs> like, legitimately, when... Uh, Mr. Chairman pulled down the zipper and revealed stuff. That was just a bit that went nowhere and turned out he was just himself. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe this is building up to something. Like, he, it's a big reveal. Like, aha, I'm this character. Whoa. Yeah. Like, he was, like he was droopy or something. It's me, Judge Doom. I like my droopy idea better. Droopy's better. Droopy would have been really funny. <laughs> I would have laughed. Like, that would have been the perfect amount of, like, this is fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting there like, sure, fuck it. Fuck yeah. it. It's, let's go this route. He's just droopy now. Why does he want to turn people into monkeys to do all this stuff? I don't care. It's droopy. Fuck it. It's Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. This is like, oh, <laughs> that'd be that'd been quite a point. <laughs> that was years before anyone would know what the fuck that would even mean, though. And also, why why does Roger Rabbit look so much better than this movie? Yeah, I definitely agree on that. Definitely agreed on I, that. I mean, I mean, even Space Jam looks rough, but this film particularly looks. I do, I do think times. this looks better than Space Jam. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I am going to be honest. I rewatched Space Jam not too long ago, and after rewatching I'm this, sorry. I would rather rewatch Back in Action than Space Jam. I would too, because Space Jam's just boring. Yeah. Okay. Good, because that's what I was going to say. I do. I think that Space Jam has a ton of fucking nostalgia because everyone saw it, but it's a boring fucking movie. Back in action definitely has issues, as you know, we both keep on saying. But I feel, by comparison, it is the way better Looney Tunes feature film. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It, what it makes it interesting to me is because it is more based in the real world. Uh, Space Jam had a ton of just CG everything because it was based in the cartoon world. Yeah. So what the positives that come out of being more in the real world base is there's tons of great special effects work to like. Like, in the beginning of the film, when Donald is, like, all over the table and stuff, they're having to, like, actually move 
you know, cups and things around around the them animating and Donald later. Yeah. And it looks great. Yeah, that looked great, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's attention to detail on shadows for some scenes, not so much others, but the scenes they do get, I have to give them some credits for catching that. Uh, Daphne and the fire extinguisher also looked really good, honestly. Yeah, that looked really good, too, yeah. Because he know, was, I, fucking I, Brennan was rubbing something covered in those suds against the wall. Yeah, you can kind of tell that he's clearly grabbed, like, a like a black, like, like, like um, kind of a plushy-looking, like, thing, and they just animate the arms and heads and stuff. That's what's covered in the oh, foam. Oh, for sure. Shaking that around. Because you can kind of tell, like, the, tech, the difference there if you look on textures and stuff that he's actually holding something real but little touches like that are excellent i really appreciate the filmmaking part of that i mean really what comes down to is just pure script problems with this film mm-hmm. i mean i otherwise it's it is the it's a well-made film in other regards i think that if they just tightened up the whole desert paris part of the script and um replaced jenna elfman and had, at least, like you said, have Steve Martin be a reveal of another fucking Looney Tunes or Warner Brothers character. Mm-hmm. To make it actually fucking matter, instead of it just being this random fucking person. That we were just introduced to in this movie, even though the movie seems like it's a grand finale to up to this point of characters. If those things happen, this movie would be beyond excellent. But it definitely comes up short because of those issues. Yeah. Which bums me out because, uh, you know, again, I loved this when I was a kid and as an adult. I do still like it. I'm, I don't regret picking it up for like the $5 on Blu-ray. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't love it because I see these issues. I see what Joe Dante was dealing with to try to make this goddamn fucking movie. <laughs> and how close it was to being a Joe Dante classic like Gremlins. Speaking of Gremlins, I really enjoyed Jerry Goldsmith doing the score for this film and just having tons of, like, all of his themes and stuff. Like, there's one part in the film you hear the Gremlins score. Like, all it's all over the place. Yeah. It's it's really enjoyable in that regard. Definitely agreed. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh... How do you... How do you mm, I feel like the... Okay, there's one, there's one joke. Like, we've talked about this before. We talked about the product placement joke. This Walmart one uh, is just a huge thud. It does not work for me at all. It dies on impact. It died on impact, but I did like the Bugs, Walmart, Walmart, Walmart part of the joke. That was the only part, though. That was one line out of the whole bit. It was just, yeah, it came to the point where it's just, uh... I like the ridiculous concept of there being a Walmart in the middle of the desert. But the joke doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, the the, the tale, it's just, I don't know. I, I've seen so much better implemented product placement jokes. Yeah. Like, and Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was not even close to that. It wasn't close to Wayne's World, none of that stuff. It's just like, Walmart, Walmart. Because I think it's, I don't know, it's almost like, it's not a well-crafted product placement joke. It's like, yeah, they gave stuff because said Walmart a lot. It's like, ha-ha-ha. It just was, it just, I don't know. I, I think it could have been better implemented or something. Yeah, but. it could have been. Because yeah, we got no issues with product placement jokes. That one just wasn't very good. I definitely. I don't know. Return of Killer Tomatoes ruined it. <laughs> they didn't get on Yamaha like four wheelers. They anything. set the peak. Holy shit! Uh, I sh- uh, did I tell you that I showed my wife that movie and she was blown away at how fucking amazing it was? Because awesome. she had never seen any of the Killer Tomato movies or cartoon or anything. She just knew the song. So I was mm-hmm. excited to show her the first one when I didn't remember how I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So when I showed her the sequence, she was just like, this is hilarious! Why wasn't this the first movie? I'm just like, I asked the same question. 
it was quite a conundrum that we had to come to because the same people same people <laughs> 10 years you learn how to write comedy i guess, uh, I guess. um <laughs> i don't know what else is there to say I I, re- I still respect that there was a lot. It was still a pretty pro Daffy movie, and I like the fact that it yes. simply points out that Bugs isn't fucking funny when he's by himself. I agree. Like he that. needs a punching bag, and I'm I'm just glad. <laughs> I'm glad that existed. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, it's like it's those little things. I'm sure some of that is coming through here for what the you know some people actually wanted. And to, uh, to me, to me, there's others. a few, pro- only a few problems with the movie, but they are big problems. Yeah, it weighs it down a ton. Yeah. If, if I mean, this film's uh, failure led to lunatics. What's up, motherfucker? I'm Buzz fucking Bunny! <laughs> <laughs> I have chainsaws for re- hands! <laughs> That's the only redeeming thing that ever came out of that show, is that fucking Flash animation. <laughs> I still, from time to time, remember that Flash animation. It's fucking extreme! <laughs> <laughs> See this shit? What's that? Oh, it's a hat. It keeps your head warm. Oh, okay. What well, fucking your mom? Okay. Extreme. But then they redesigned Buzz Bunny to be Ace Bunny. Cause, but cause Buzz was too extreme. I want Buzz Bunny to show up in something. Like a like a Looney Tunes multiverse. I'm sure you know what. I'm surprised the Looney Tunes. I'm sh- I'm sure the Looney Tunes joke. No, sorry, the Looney Tunes show that was on a few years ago made a joke about that. I'm sure. That show. If you people have never seen it, go back and watch some parts of it. There's some really funny. Yeah, there is. Show. Yeah, there fucking is. There's like a, like a wizard music video with Daffy. That's just, it's incredible. I miss these characters, Bill. This movie did remind me of that. Yeah, it's sad that, like, the only, like, vestiges of anything keeping the Looney Tunes, like, franchise and characters alive is the Six Flags theme parks. Because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that they kind of pop up that's kind of, like, for the, you know, the characters and the suits and everything. And, like, all the rides and stuff for the kids' stuff is centered around that. It's like, Warner Brothers, I think Warner Brothers treats this property with more respect in maybe that regard. Like, they still try to make some, put some shows out there. They actually have the balls to put all of the, even the racially sensitive yes. and some of the other sensitive stuff out off there and address it and be like hey this is how this is how it was we're not proud of it but for historical sake here it is they do that way better than disney which i feel at times definitely whores out their properties and minds that nostalgia and wants to sweep anything that's questionable under the rug yes i 1000 percent agree with that even as someone who's more of a fan of disney overall i that's there's no debate when it comes to that. I feel that these characters are treated better by comparison. I feel that these characters are... Many of them are more important uh, than their, like, Disney counterparts, for the lack of a better term. Like, sure, Mickey's top dog, like, maybe, in a you know, you can debate Donald or Daffy, stuff like that, but, like, a lot of the Looney Tunes characters, I feel like they're very much more at the forefront of what people think of when they think of these sorts of characters than a lot of the yeah. Diz heads. And maybe that goes back to the same point. Like, originally, Looney Tunes cartoons were meant for adults. Yeah. And I think maybe that stuck true over the years. Like, even, like, in the... When we were growing up, or even before, you know, 70s, 80s, like, in syndication, where they would just air the cartoons on, on Saturday morning car- TV, or just as general programming for kids, that's where it became more of a kid thing. But, I mean, maybe that's like that attitude of being more for adults and being more, like, I not quotations, edgy, or something that isn't, like, as 
sanitized as a lot of the Disney properties. Yeah, it wasn't sanitized. As And that sucks, too, because, like, I've watched a lot of, like, the early Walt Mickey cartoons and stuff, and, like, they weren't that sanitized originally. Like, a few of them were, don't get me wrong. Um, but, like, over time, they got more and more and more and more, this is for kids, this is for kids. Whereas Looney Tunes was like, fuck it, we just want to be funny, we don't give a shit. I think Looney Tunes maintained the kind of family attitude that the Jim Henson company did with the Muppets. Yes. And stuff where... This is for everyone. Like, this is for everyone. There's always going to be stuff in here that's really for adults and stuff that, that works for kids. Yeah. Fucking Sylvester's going to be smoking this fucking cigar as he tries to fuck this hot lady cat. What kills me now about Looney Tunes, like, if kids now are watching Looney Tunes cartoons, besides, like, not new stuff, like old stuff, do kids know who the fuck Frank Sinatra and Humphrey Bogart and all these people are that they make fun of all the time in these in these cartoons? Uh, doubtful. But that's, that's going to be was... one of those things where, like, later they're going to find out who those actors are, and their knowledge of them will be based on, like, the Looney Tunes impersonations and jokes. Yeah, because for us, we're, like, when we were watching it, like, we're, like, now, you know, 20 years removed from when we were watching it. Yeah. And even then, it's like, you're kind of like on the cusp of knowing what these things are. Yeah. And as the more time it goes on, it's like, where, what's the disconnect here for kids to kind of remember? Like, like there's tons of car- Looney Tunes cartoons that constantly, like, reference Frank Sinatra. A lot. It's like, do <laughs> kids know that, what that is? Or is it like, I mean, I assume, I mean, I had to, it's hard to gauge, like, where we were. But I, it's one of those cases, like, our kids going to laugh and then could get it? And then kind of, like, through pop culture. But I'd say pop, pop, pop culture's changed so much. Mm-hmm. So even, like, films and things don't reference Frank Sinatra. Like, I feel, feel there's enough stuff where we could, like, decipher and put the pieces together. Yeah, it, that, that was a very it's, good question. Yeah, it's an interesting discussion point. Oh, um, and I, I like that the uh, movie kept on showing the I Like to Sing a cartoon. That was... I love that I, cartoon. Uh, I laughed a lot at that. That's a, <laughs> another favorite. <laughs> it's another one that got played a ton. When I was growing yes. up. Okay, that's all. I just wanted to point that out because we were talking about... Was, for some reason, you saying Frank Sinatra triggered the memory of that in the movie. Mm-hmm. The only thing we're missing in my particular childhood that never got like an actual appropriate live-action film... Brave Star? Uh, the <laughs> Hanna-Barbera Properties. Yeah! There's that garbage fucking Yogi Bear movie. Well, what about the that- uh, Flintstone movies? Yeah, in the 90s, I guess there was those live-action ones for those. I mean, like, a true... Like, a let's... Uh, let me caveat You that. want like, an Avengers-grade Hanna-Barbera movie. You want yeah, Wacky Race's live-action. Yeah. I mean, I would but, fucking love that. <laughs> I would dig I would dig that, especially going off the current DC, DC comic series. But, I mean, like, we got all these different things that were touching on, like, the cartoon characters in the real world. I would always still really... I know it's never going to happen. It doesn't seem financially feasible, but I, for as far as like my nostalgia boner, I would really dig like a some sort of Hanna Barbera related movie. Yeah, that would be cool. Because fuck, even like Roger Rabbit didn't have any. I don't. I don't remember it having any Hanna. No, it didn't. That was that was definitely a deal directly between Warner Brothers and Disney. And I get that. Well, Warner Brothers at the time owned Hanna Barbera. Oh really? I didn't think that they owned Hanna Barbera at that time. Uh, that was mid '80s. I'm. 90% no Turner maybe oh no 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 no, no. Dr- no they, did, they didn't they didn't yeah because Turner still owned uh Hanna-Barbera stuff and that was before yeah however Droopy is a Hanna-Barbera character and he was in Roger Rabbit that's yeah that's true 
So I was like the only one. I want to say so. I'm not thinking. I can't think of anyone else. Was Was Tom and Jerry in that movie? No, I don't remember Tom and Jerry being in Roger Rabbit. Okay. But I also don't think was Droopy a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yeah, Droopy was 100% Hanna Barbera character. I know. I will fight you on this. No, I'm not. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight about any of that stuff. But oh, oh no, no, I, Tom and Jerry might not have been because oh no, Tom Jerry old stuff was MGM. Then it was Hanna Barbera. Mm. I'm having to like stretch a lot of muscles on cartoon history, like where who owned rights to what. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I maybe Disney and them are like, uh, no one cares about Tom and Jerry. Fuck you. But when I'm talking about Hanna Barbera, I'm really specifically talking about stuff like Yogi Bear. Um, space ghost quick draw mcgraw space ghost that type of mm-hmm. stuff not so much the stuff i would say that was the theatrical old cartoons that actually meant something yeah you know tom and jerry also there's Warner brothers tom and jerry cartoon i'm, I'm remembering all these tom and jerry iterations <laughs> christ tom and jerry was owned by a lot of people and did a lot of things uh but looney is back in action let's let's wrap yeah, up let's this wrap discussion this up. on this thing hopefully people enjoyed our small da- tangent on cartoons and i don't get people. i don't get to uh, talk about cartoons that often so this was actually really nice <laughs> especially cartoons we like because everyone just wants to talk about the disney renaissance yeah it's very difficult to find people who want to talk about a pup named scooby-doo well i was always a scooby-doo and the 13 ghost kind of guy because vincent price was in it that's fine but i mean just like the mid-80s early 90s uh hannah barbera cart- kids cartoons like uh tom and jerry kids i enjoyed that show uh, Scooby Doo in the Ghoul School was my fucking jam as a kid. Yeah. Oh, when we get into the nineties, don't forget SWAT cats. Hell yeah, SWAT cats. Yeah, fucking that lady cat unlocked a lot of things in me. Uh, it's always gonna be about two stupid dogs. Yeah, two stupid dogs. But we're not here, Steve. We're wrap up <laughs> this movie, not wrap up all of our nostalgic nineties Cartoon Network. Bullshit. Oh, Hong Kong Fooey, I miss you. I miss him. He's things. the number There's one super guy. That, that no one wants to touch because it's not marketable for the kids. Well, I'm going to do a live action Hong Kong Fu. Let's do this. That would be excellent. I'd be down for that. Fuck yeah. Okay, if you want to, if you want to do that, please send us money. Send us money. Uh, Steve, what star ratings? What would you give Looney Tunes back in action? I give it a three and a half, but I lean a, towards a more positive three and a half than like it being seen as average. Uh, for me, this film gets a very guttural two stars. Okay. So uh, check it out at your own risk. I mean, it's not hard to find. It is actually available on Netflix. A lot of times, some of the films we watch, it's a, a matter of is it on Prime? Can we catch it? Uh, can we rent it? This film is actually available on Netflix for once. It's, so since it it's very accessible. Since it's on Netflix and it's so accessible, I do suggest people to watch it once, especially like if, if you, especially it. if you've yeah. never seen it, or if like you like Space Jam a lot, give this one a shot just once. And like be be mindful that there's a desert of slow pacing in the middle, but overall, I don't think it's a waste of your time to use ninety minutes of your time once to see the movie. I appreciate it. I saw it once. I would never want to watch this again. And that's okay, but, you know, I, like <laughs> a one and done, one and done. Do it. Yeah. Especially that way you can, especially if you're a fan of Joe Dante. Like if you like, you know, the Howling, the Burbs, Inner Space, a whole bunch of his work. I mean, I I think you'll see a lot of him in this movie. Mm-hmm. So definitely check out in regards. And if you check it out and you want to give us your thoughts, please email us at moviefilmsatbillandsteve.gmail.com. You can also find the last month. I mean, let's just take a second here. We actually totally forgot to talk about this. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, I mean, his career uh, just kind of went downhill after here. And now he's having some research and some television work. I 
I mean, do you think Brendan Fraser got a bad deal, Steve? Of course he got a bad deal. He's a good actor. Uh, he has clear range, as we've seen in this month alone. He's handsome. He's got beautiful blue eyes. From everything that I hear, he's a genuinely friendly, humble guy that, like, deserves to be successful. It's it's just a fucking travesty to me that he was thrown off the face of the earth for whatever reason. I think he still has a lot of life in him. I still think he has a lot of talent in him. And I think that he could still be in a lot of stuff coming up. I hope that we can go through a Brendan Fraser renaissance. I hope that he can uh, be in movies and TV again. Well, Robert Downey Jr. got like four chances before he became like what we know today. So I, I keep my fingers crossed every day that Brendan Fraser can get like that one big comeback role. Okay, let's get him for Meowie Halloween. He fights a mummy. He fights a mummy. No, he plays a mummy. Ooh. I bet we can afford him. I don't know, he might listen to these past month's episodes and be like, what did you guys say about me and my alimony payments? Uh, we said it's terrible, Brennan. We're on your side. Please, believe us. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Please like and leave a comment. And also on iTunes, subscribe, uh, leave a five-star review. That'd be so nice of you. And we're also on Stitcher on the website and the mobile app. And as always, you guys, you can find me on Twitter, at Bill. And of course, folks, you can check out my films, silverspotlightfilms.com, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms. I just updated the Silver Spotlight Films store so that it's not a fucking eyesore anymore. So go take a look at that, see if you like it. Shoot me your feedback, darkmullet at gmail.com. Um, find me on Instagram, at darkmullet. And if you want to see me being a superhero making children happy, uh, facebook.com slash theamazingspidersteve. Go vote for me to be cosplayer of the year! Through, all, through the first ever annual Cosplayer of the Year contest. I'm one of the finalists. Vote for me. If I win, I will totally act like a piece of shit heel wrestler all year. And act like this okay. dumb contest makes me hot shit and the most important person in the world. And I will do videos of me in my bathtub smoking a cigar. <laughs> As I laugh maniacally. Get on that, guys. Uh, well, it's fantastic. As always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Sell my water for a stock. I got an inside tip that Bugs Bunny is about to die.